Craig, how do you feel about dating humans? <laughs> I love someone reliable. My partners and I could use a third, fourth, whatever it is, number. <laughs> well, I mean, we know that Craig is good at uh, practicing uh, ethical non-monogamy because he is in many different servers. <sighs> Craig, you're already on it. I'm so grateful. <laughs> Tuning into Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. I am your host, Brian. You can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod, and you can find the pod or the podcast on Twitter at uh, Roomware or no, no, wait. <laughs> at Gay Space Pod. <laughs> Sorry to the actual gay space pod. I didn't know you existed when I took the Twitter handle. Um <laughs> Uh, with me today, as always, is my co-host, August. Hey, I'm August. You can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora, and my pronouns are still they, them. And a special guest, we have Gilda Wabbit with us. Hi, everyone. My name is Gilda Wabbit. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Venmo, Grindr, Grubhub, and Ashley Madison at Gilda Wabbit. Um, and I also use they, them pronouns. Thank you so much. You're Ashley very Ashley Madison welcome. is still a thing? I actually, that's just a dumb drag queen oh. joke. I don't know if it exists. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I already have two partners. I can't handle some, like, married man as well. That'd be way too much. <laughs> that's what you got the OnlyFans for. Right, exactly. Thank you Stream for playing my OnlyFans. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, so this is the weirdest uh, setup for a guest that we've ever had on one of our shows in that Gilda accidentally tagged us on Twitter because <laughs> yes. of the aforementioned gay space pod. <laughs> Yeah, I recorded with a, 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 a podcast called Gay Space Podcast, which is Tracy Otomy and Mike, who are uh, drag people in Nashville. And I tagged them, and then you all were like, oh, hey, we're Gay Space Rocks, the Gay Space Rocks podcast at Gay Space Pod. And I was like, sick, I love Steven Universe. This is so great. <laughs> it was very serendipitous. It was, it was yeah. very good. Um, uh, tell everybody a bit about yourself, Gilda. Well, hi, hello. My name is Gilda Wabbit. Um, you probably don't know me, but you might know what I look like thanks to the meme the future liberals want. Where, a, yeah, oh that's my gosh. me. Um, <laughs> You're so fabulous. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Yes, I'm a I'm the drag queen sitting next to the woman in the niqab on the New York City subway. Uh, which is a good time. I now live in Kentucky. I work at Play Dance Bar in Louisville. Um, I have a cute, uh, slowly coming together home with my two partners. Uh, we have a cat named Ruby. And uh, I like to tell jokes and show my legs on stage. That's what I do. And I sing. Nice. Nice. Heck yeah. Coalition, yeah. coalition of Southern queers here. Absolutely. Yeah, I heard <laughs> that uh, August, you're in Georgia. So we're just like a straight line. Georgia, Nashville, or Georgia, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Yep. Mm. All our powers combined, we'll get some. We're gonna eventually. We'll. It, it's now my goal to get all of the everything below the Mason Dixon, like, and we got to get a guest. Ah, yes. <laughs> I, well, I have a question. So I, I was doing some research and I was listening to your podcast. Am I the first guest on the show yet? Uh, yes. On, yes. On, yeah. Uh, 
we've only had four episodes. So. <laughs> right, right. Yes, I know. I was listening to episode four in my car on the way to my dad's today. Aw, it was thank fun. You. Yeah, well, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to get a feel for how the show went. I wanted to not be a bad guest and be like, "Hey, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here, but I'm here <laughs> to talk about Steven Universe. Hope we like <laughs> lesbian rocks. Let's go." It wouldn't be much different from how we run the show on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this is the most. This is the least prepared and like most casual show that August and I do. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm just. I'm just here to point out all the innuendos that they wrote into the script because oh, that's my what God. I could. Watching this, these three this episodes, is a good I was like, there are so many. There are so many. <laughs> right. And you all did Meet Beat Mania last week. It's so mm. good. I could have swore. I, I'm still perturbed at myself for thinking that they had a, a joke that said, uh, prepared to beat your meat. I thought that's what the arcade machine said. I, I mean, so that's also what I thought. So, <laughs> yeah, I also did. When I heard that that was not true, I was surprised. I'm glad that maybe this is the Steven Universe Berenstein thing. Oh my yeah. gosh, don't even get me started on that. Holy crap. Um, uh, so, uh, I guess guess first. Uh, Gilda, have you watched any cartoons lately? And by cartoons, we mean basically any kind of media. Um, have I watched any cartoons lately? I have not, although I've really wanted to start watching Beastars, um, which is on Netflix. Um, but I haven't started it yet because... We are my boyfriends and I are deep in the middle of watching both um, Arrested Development and Westworld. So we're like <laughs> we're, we're keeping ourselves. We're, we're like, do we want a light evening or do we want a heavy evening? Um, so I'm I'm making my way through those right now, which is a wild time. Um, I'm obsessed with Evan Rachel Wood, so Westworld brings me joy. And um, Arrested Development is something that I missed when it was first on television. I think I might have been too young. And uh, so now I understand all of the gifts that I use on Twitter because I get the <laughs> reference finally. There's some really good stuff in there, yeah. It's like internet yes. anthropology. Yeah, I honestly, I wasn't like politically aware enough at the time of uh, Arrested Development's initial release, but it's supposed to uh, supposed to be lampooning uh, the Bushes. Uh, oh, that's just, so funny! It makes it even funnier. Yeah. Now I now I'm gonna bring that perspective to it as I'm watching it with with fresh eyes, fresh bushy eyes. <laughs> uh, August, have you been watching any cartoons lately? I know the um, answer to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do I. If it's the same as last episode. <laughs> yeah. Um. We're we're continuing that particular journey, uh, through Equestria. <laughs> Um, and we're continuing to intersperse that with uh, the Cold Case Detective YouTube channel. But uh, we, we were actually watching uh, a Cold Case Detective video about uh, three lady serial killers. So that was fun. I, w I would like to throw my hat in the ring, August, to just say, hey, maybe you should give She-Ra a chance in the future, too. <laughs> oh, no, no, <laughs> no. I, I fully plan to. I'm just like... My brain will get into a rut as far as like media that it wants to consume. Like mm, I haven't read sense. a book in in quite a while, but like I've been mainlining podcasts. Like there's no tomorrow. If you try <laughs> to put me in front of a TV show uh, that isn't exactly what I'm looking for, I just I zone out. It sucks. Cause, that like, makes sense though. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. I'll love Shira. I loved the first season, but right now it's just like. Eh. That's fair. One more thing. Um, I continue to watch The Owl House, and also I started watching Amphibia. 
because I saw some gifts. I basically Disney has has apparently has figured out the system of getting me to watch one of their shows, which <laughs> is I will see somebody make a weird compilation video about it on YouTube, and I'll be like, "What's this about?" And then. Uh, I'll start mainlining videos from it. I'm like, well, I guess at this point I need to watch the series because that's what happened with the new DuckTales. Uh, and because they were like the story of Della Duck. And I'm like, what the fuck is a Della Duck? Uh, (laughs) and then I'm like, why is DuckTales making me feel emotions? Um, so, so Amphibia is pretty cool. Uh, it's like, it's like a trapped in a different world sort of thing, but they're all frogs basically. Uh, it's, it's cute. It's just like teenagers and fantasy stuff. It's, it's, it's fun. Uh, I don't know where it's going yet. I've also been in, I've been wondering, Riley, shout out to Riley, uh, Hopkins for, uh, making me continuously consider, should I watch the Tangled cartoon? Uh, what is up with this Tangled cartoon? (laughs) I've heard it's pretty good. Well, I was like, all right, because Riley made a fucking... Uh, did you see the video that Riley made? No, I did not. Riley made, like, a, a Blaseball video <laughs> over one oh of the musical God. numbers. <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I looked at the Wikipedia article. That shit is... A, there's three seasons. Um, there, there, There's, like, Magical Rune Stones... Uh, dark pasts for all of the characters. They try, like, straight up, there's just, like attempted murders all the time i'm like what is this show i thought this was tangled uh so i don't know that's my life i guess just getting conned into watching disney xd television yeah uh, could be worse yeah much yeah. worse absolutely yeah uh all right well let's get into our episodes our episodes this week are episodes 13 14 and 15 uh, so many birthdays, Lars and the cool kids in onion trade, uh, are going to start us off with so many birthdays, episode 13. Uh, the official synopsis is a fucking novel. So strap in, uh, <laughs> Steven learns that the gems are thousands of years old and decides to make up for all of the thousands of birthdays that they have missed. When the gems don't take kindly to his childlike birthday party, Steven sinks into a gradually worsening depression to make him grow older. The more he fears outgrowing things. It's so long. <laughs> what it's, is it's, it's a real it's synopsis. Accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They, they watched the episode. Yeah. I guess, is, is episode 13 where things turn around and the synopsis is I can't dunk on anymore? I'm gonna lose that <laughs> yeah, whole bit. probably not. Yeah, probably. I'll probably <laughs> go back to, like, one sentence of the next one. Lars wants to hang out with the cool kids. Okay, cool, things. Yeah, um, thanks for reading the title. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, just repeats the title. Um... So the plot is, so the episode begins with the Crystal Gems uh, searching through Amethyst's room for a stench uh, that is contaminating the temple. Uh, uh-huh. Stephen finds uh, a old-ass fucking burrito that oh Amethyst saves from a place called Aqua, Talk, or Aqua Mexican, uh, apparently a restaurant that closed five years ago. Uh, Pearl is like, this is terrible, you're terrible. Uh, and Stephen finds a painting of the gems, uh, the the uh, plot description here on the wiki says it's a photo, but obviously that's not a photo. It's a painting uh, of the gems from olden times. Uh, Steven's like, oh, my God, how old are you all? And Garnet's like, time is an illusion. 
And Steven's <laughs> like, you need to have birthdays. And they're like, we don't do birthdays. Uh, so Steven decides to throw all the gym's birthday parties. Uh, starts out with Amethyst, uh, getting her the little birthday little birthday uh, crown and cape, and I believe a scepter. Uh, yes. Sings her uh, an adorable little song, and then they go for the pinata. Uh, Amethyst uh, hits that pinata into the middle of the ocean, and it's upset that Steven didn't just give her the candy that would have been in the pinata. Uh, Steven yeah. tries to make up for it in Pearl's birthday, where he uh, dresses up as a clown, uh, presents Pearl with a um, like a pie gag, and then just like takes his own bump into the pie. It's a good time, but Pearl is very confused and very concerned. And Garnet's like, maybe we're too old for this, Steven. Steven's like, no, 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 no. Everybody deserves a birthday. And then moves on to Garnet's party, where he wants to play kazoo racers. Uh, Garnet is like, listen, Steven, we're too old for this. And Steven's like, you're not too old for this. If you're too old for this, maybe I'm too old for this. And so Steven kind of wanders off, gets into his own thoughts, and then begins to shift. Uh, he grows into a teenager uh, where he plays some uh, Whacker Man in the arcade. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> the, um, a man on the cusp of adulthood shouldn't, couldn't spend all of his day whackering. I just copied that line down. No, for, like, just put it in my notes. Um, <laughs> he uh, then decides he needs to go get a job, which I guess means he selects a T-shirt, which I believe is exactly how Steven thinks jobs work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You, he, you have to you have to mention there that he chooses beach professional beach hunk. I was about like to. that's very important. <laughs> it's very as opposed important. to love doctor or uh, was it surf master? Surf master, yeah, yeah. He's not he's not, he's neither a surf master nor a love doctor, but he is a professional beach hunk. Uh, he mm, goes to get use those skills on Connie later. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to get a donut from the big donut. Uh, the big donut folks don't recognize him because he's in fact an old man and no longer a child. Uh, he realizes that he is an old man, starts becoming older as he sinks into this realization. Um, though mentions that Con or, uh, not Connie, uh, Sadie needs to, uh, help him into his birthday suit. This upsets, uh, Sadie because she thinks he's just some kind of weirdo. Uh, she chases him out of the big donut. He continues to grow older and older until he's too frail and old to move. But luckily, Lion saves him, takes him to the Crystal Gems, who immediately freak the fuck right out, uh, which is fair. Uh, they do everything in their power to cheer Steven up, to make him feel like a kid again. Uh, but it's having the reverse effect. He's just getting older and older, and he's on the cusp of death. Uh, when finally he just kind of gets pissed off, I guess, at them arguing the whole time. Uh, mm -hmm. And it reverses his aging. So uh, the gems are able to get Steven back into the mindset of his kid, uh, of being a kid, by talking about all of his great qualities as a kid. Uh, and Steven reverts back to his normal age. The day is saved to the end. Yay! This is a... Woo! This so. show continues to just be horrifying in its first season. I forgot how horrifying it is in its first season. <laughs> yeah, it gets dark real fast. Yeah. It really does. <clears throat> Every one of these episodes has some kind of horror scene in it. And these are like 
Like, I knew so many birthdays was terrifying, right? I remember it. It's hard to forget Steven withering away into an old man. Uh, but, like, fucking Lars and the Cool Kids and, and Onion Trade, I'm like, what? What the fuck were the were the Crooniverse on at this time? And, and it's, it's all, like, existential horror. It's true. Like, it's very gross and eldritchy and creepy and scary. It's... Anyways, so my first... It's not, the, it's not the second Cronenberg trilogy, though. It's not. It's not It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Cronenberg, the Cronenberg trilogy was bad. Yeah. Um, my first three notes uh, on this episode are, fuck, oh god, ew, in response to that burrito. <laughs> <laughs> why, is, why is everything fish-themed? Is this just, like, a, something that happens in... Uh, Beachside beach areas, or is this just Beach City being Beach City? I so maybe it's just Beach City being Beach City. Uh, I think they just like were like it's next to the ocean, so I don't know. I've never. I mean, the right because we have fish stew pizza, yeah, and then we have Aqua Mexican with the tuna burrito. I just I don't. It is very weird that they lean really heavy into that. I don't know if that's maybe like a, like a north, because I've never ever been to like a northeastern, like, you know, coastal little town that, that would be equivalent to Beach City, you know, because uh, Beach City is probably, if it were equivalent in the real world, somewhere around like Delaware, I think, because they're in air quotes Delmarva. Mm. Um, yeah. So, because, like, the world's not the same in it. I can't remember where the state equivalents to, but you see a map at some point. So, like, they're in the right. Northeast. So maybe, I don't know if it's, like, a like a New England-y thing, uh, <laughs> but, or if it's some kind of joke about that. But it's just, like, there's so much weird fish things going on in this town. Yeah. Um, man... Uh, Pearl is a buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> always, always, always. She's so uptight in these. For I've I had forgotten. So I I had forgotten how like how what's the word? How like differentiated Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl were, and how like stereotypical they were in these first few like the first part of this season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As we're like establishing their characters, and it's really sort of jarring having now ju- like I had just finished Steven Universe Future to like go back to this and watch it and be like, oh shit, <laughs> right? It's like you're oh. so uptight. <laughs> wow, well, like it's I'm having roughly the same sort of vibe because like wow, these characters. I can't believe how much these characters grew over like six seasons. Yeah, yeah, so much. And that's not common in a... I mean, nothing that happens in Steven Universe is common in a children's <laughs> cartoon. Um, but th- that really shocks me is just how much everyone grew. True. Like, they really lean into, like... Because, like, even now, even though they're they're much closer to, like, kind of, like, tropier things, like, it, they've... In the 13 episodes that we've gotten through, the they've done a whole lot of, like, immediately presenting them as, like, falling into the tropes. And then subverting those or showing what's like just below the surface of that especially with like pearl and amethyst a little less so with Mm -hmm. garnet but garnet gets kind of more of time to shine uh when it comes to like internal like her internal life in season two but right yeah she gets she she remains a mystery currently yeah Hmm. um 
So are we not going to talk about how hot the gyms are in the old timey quote unquote <laughs> photographs? Uh, they're pretty solid. I, I like the I like Garnet being like it was hard to get the shark to pose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, I continue to forget how funny this fucking show is, or maybe I'm just want to laugh at things because the world is a fucking hellscape right now. Uh, but this show is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I'm obsessed with all the jokes. I was with my dad today, and I literally looked at him, and I said, Dad, why'd you throw the butter out the window? To see a butterfly! (laughs) It kills me. It's so good. Uh, It's weird that, like, I guess, like, maybe Steven's, like, getting to the age where he has, like, more of an interest in his external, like, outside of his, like, own interiority. But it's weird, because, like, obviously the gyms know what birthdays are. Because they're not right. like, what's a birthday? They're like, well, we don't really do that. <laughs> um, we like pop out of the ground and then form a hard light shell around ourselves. We're not really, uh, we don't really do the aging thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I do find it a little bit interesting that like they know what birthdays are, but it doesn't seem like... They've been to one. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they've been to one, so... Like, are birthdays supposed to be solely the purview of Greg's because it's a human thing? Mm, I mean, maybe... That's so, interesting. Because, like... Steven didn't live with the gyms forever. Like, at some point, he had... Like, when he was a baby, he lived with Greg. Like, Greg took care of Steven for a while. Um, right. Before he, like, Steven moved in with the gyms. And so, maybe it's just, like, Greg's, like... They're like, okay, it's birthday time, whatever. And, and like, Greg just takes Steven off and does birthday stuff. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, maybe this is something that's, like, happened. It makes me think, like, they probably, they figured out birthdays most likely from Greg, like, hanging yeah. around with Rose for so long. Because, like, I bet you they right. had, like, Rose and Greg had this same exact conversation at some point. Greg being like, mm-hmm. what's your, when's your birthday? And Rose is like, oh, what, what? Uh <laughs> Yeah, and I, I can imagine, too, that, like, Steven's view of birthdays is really different than the gyms, because the gyms may have been around for, like, Greg celebrating his birthday, but Greg is an adult, you know what I mean? So, like, all of the, like, the kazoo racing and the pinata and the, like, cute little birthday suit would could be totally foreign to them, even though they know, like, birthdays are, like, about aging, because, like, they could have just watched Greg, like, drink beer and make googly eyes at Rose. <laughs> right. <laughs> Greg bought a new guitar for himself. Right, with with the money he made for the three cars he washes each month. Right, exactly. Um, so it, it's it's very interesting. Um, I really like the the progression of birthday shit. It's <laughs> like the the pearl section is. This is gonna come up. This is this particular scene is the most talked about fucking scene when it comes to Pearl, I think on the goddamn, uh, on the goddamn Reddit when it comes to Pearl, where Steven's like, do you like pie Pearl? And she's like, I love pie. And then later we find out that Pearl doesn't like to eat food. <laughs> and that becomes I, uh, canon. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Why does she lie to Steven? Especially because just seconds before, he's, he, she, he tells the butter joke and she's like, Steven, why would you lie about me? I think... It it might be one of those things where she's, like, trying to be supportive. Yeah. But or maybe she just only it, likes pie. Maybe it's the only food she eats. 
Yeah. Oh, that would it's make also, sense for or for Pearl, but uh, it, it's also just very interesting. Like during that that whole segment, like how little uh, Pearl understands or seems to understand humanity. Although, like, have we ever we've we've heard Pearl joke before? She understands the concept of humor. So, is this just like for the sake of, uh, sake of uh, the for gag. the sake of a a gag here for the audience or is Pearl just being willfully ignorant? I, I also think, and you all talked about this last episode, that that Pearl seems to be the one who's like the most attached to sort of like the old ways, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Of And so I think that she has just willfully stayed aloof of a lot of human things or maybe not willfully, but like she looks at human things as like, um, as sort of like, Oh, how quaint, how mm-hmm. odd, what an mm-hmm. interesting thing. And so I bet that some of these jokes just don't land for her because, like, the pie joke and, like, the pun about butterfly, those are really human things. And that's not necessarily, like, that's universal humor to us, but, like, what it translates to an alien creature. Yeah, because I can yeah. definitely understand Pearl not understanding what the fuck a clown is. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, like, why would you waste delicious pie on your face on purpose? I, I have in my notes, this is, I don't know how well versed you are in, in uh, professional wrestling, Gilda, but um, I have, this is aimed at August as like a note, like Steve, Steven just takes his own bump into the pie. It reminded mm-hmm. me so much of when somebody will like fuck up a clothesline and then the person, the other person just falls over because that's what the spot's supposed to be. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, actually really quick. I want to go back a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh. Stephen handing Amethyst the uh, the bat for the pinata, and Amethyst's first inclination was to start going for Pearl. Says a whole lot. It does. Mm-hmm. I, I ha- uh, in that particular section, I have a notes that says Pearl. Aren't we too old for this? Also, Pearl, bitch, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, when your age isn't real and your body's an illusion, violence is fun. That's true. Yeah, I mean, obviously that bat's not going to do much if, if Garnet's any indication, right? Just fuck. Um, just the visual humor in this episode is really, really funny, and then just whiplashes so hard into just horror. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like that is like the Steven Universe brand to me is like look at how beautiful and colorful and soft and round everything is, and also look how horrifying everything is. Yeah. Steven is just a big ball, like a little ball of trauma right now. It's uh-huh. only going to get worse. Uh-huh. My little trauma buddy. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I hate myself. Uh, in pr- relation to the pearl, like the pearl scene, I, I wrote, but doctor. <laughs> I had to make my, I have, I've made this meme all day, like this joke all oh day. Oh my God. Um, I don't know why I wrote down Jesus poor Steven. Uh, um, I guess it's, it's the probably whole because, like, it's incredibly sad the way that Pearl's words just like kill Steven's enthusiasm for the whole mm-hmm. concept of birthdays. Right. Yeah, it's real. Th- that whole little scene is just like Steven being like, "Oh, I'm, like, because you know." You know, kids go through that. It's like, oh, am I am I too old for this? Because like usually right. it is and an adult who like is like, aren't you a little too? Because like I don't think the gyms are implying that Stephen is too old for this. They're just like, hey, we don't really get this or understand this. This is like a thing for you, a child. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. I also think I also think that like we've watched Steven try to go on missions and try to be strong and try to do like the gym thing really hard. And this is an episode where he's like, okay, if I can't do the gym thing, maybe I can show them like the human thing and we can connect on that. And like, once again, they're just like not connecting. And so mm-hmm. it's like, he's like doubly upset about this. He's like, no, I was trying to show you something that's important to me. And like, you all don't get it. So like, where am I going to connect to you with you all? Cause I look up to you so much. That's a really good point. I hadn't actually, like, that hadn't really occurred to me, but that sort of, like, it, Steven's insistence on this thing, like, everybody gets a birthday, is trying to, is really trying to bring them into that same experience. I don't know if necessarily he's realizing it at the point, but, like, right, right. it's obvious, like, that. that's that's a really good point. It's, like, a, a connection I hadn't been making, but it's really obvious that yeah. that's what he's trying to do. He's really trying to, like, just make a connection with them. I think I think that's a thing that happens in all three of these episodes where Steven is doing something and he doesn't realize what's like under the surface of that thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, like, especially in this first season so far, like Steven's Steven seeking like approval and connection with the people around him, be that the gyms and trying to be more like a gym or just trying to like get on the same level as other humans Mm-hmm. Uh, is really interesting, which I think is going to be an interesting thing to bring forward into like his evolution of his through his relationship with Connie, because Connie is like his only real human friend. Uh, as we've right. stated before, Steven's the only child in uh, Beach City because Petey is an old man and Onion is a monster. Uh, <laughs> so. Oh, onion. <laughs> yellow diamond, yellow diamond, yellow diamond. Um, but uh, in that scene, like, it's obvious that, like, Pearl realizes that she's maybe fucked up here. Because, like, the sincerity with when she delivers that, like, are you okay line when Steven's, like, deep in thought uh, is them sort of realizing, like, ah, shit, we've fucked up something. We don't know what we fucked up, but we have fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the horror begins as Steven morphs through his ages. I love how this... Uh, and the, oh, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think the animation here is so beautiful, too, with, like, the fog and the colors that shift so drastically. It's really cool. Yeah. It is... Steven Universe continues to be one of the prettiest fucking shows uh, ever, all the time. Uh the <laughs> I like how Steven's teenager design this is the only time we ever see this teenage Steven um, he gets a zit he gets it like it's a lot as he uh, I wonder if this is what Steven thinks a teenager is supposed to look like right but, as opposed to like well I feel like that's what a lot of this is is that like his existential crisis about aging is his like fear of aging without actual knowledge of what it's like you know, like he, especially because he doesn't know many kids, and like he's not close with a lot of humans. He only really knows Greg and himself. Yeah. So he's just filling in the gaps, you right. know. And the only teenagers he's really observed are like Sadie and Lars. Right. Uh, and uh, Lars is not like a great model <laughs> to figure out what your teenage years are going to be like, because like no. this teenage Stephen looks radically different from what actual teenage Stephen eventually ends up looking like. Yeah. Um, the, all of these gags are pretty fun. The, like, the Whacker Man 
joke. Just a young man oh. cannot spend his whole day whackering. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Who, who in the scriptwriting crew is obsessed with jerking off? That's my question. Because the references to that are all over the place. And and it just makes me, now that I'm looking back again, it makes me think, like, oh, God. Like, are they, is this, like, some sort of subtext to be cluing into about, like, young Steven and his evolution as a human? Or am I reading too much into it because I'm wild? Or do, yeah, or do they just like making dirty jokes that are going to go over right. kids' heads? Like, Absolutely, because that that's a time honored tradition. Thank you, Looney Tunes and Disney. You know. Yeah, exactly. I feel I feel like this is them just leaning into the like the animation tradition of like putting as many dirty jokes that are going to get past the censors as possible into it. Right. Um. The. This whole sequence as he like goes through like basically from big donut forward when it's like, this is no longer funny jokes. This is like sad stuff now uh, yeah. is just really just, again, the animation here is so fluid. And so um, you can see like, you know, the, the anime is here this week and it's Miyazaki. Like this feels mm. very much like some kind of horrific thing that would happen at the apex of a Miyazaki film. In fact, I think it yeah. has, uh, <laughs> I'm sure one of them has done this exact sequence, probably. Uh, but I do like that uh, Sadie is more than willing to chase what she perceives as a weirdo pervert out of her store with a chair. I appreciate that level of right. go-getterness from, from Sadie. Birthday suit does not always mean crown, scepter, and cape to everybody. It's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> the... Also, the weird way that in which Lion just kind of like picks up all of Steven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, um, I did think it was it was pretty nice that uh, Steven Universe continues to be on the body positivity train because like Steven, even as an adult, is still, you know, pretty chunky. Yeah. But he's like has no hesitation that his uh, uh, that his profession should be beach hunk. <laughs> it's true absolutely and and do we think that has to do with steven's perception of his dad as well do you know what i mean like this like he like loves his dad and his dad's like just an average looking dude but like rose fell in love with him and like that's what steven like you know like we all think like i think i thought when i was younger that my dad was like the end all be all and he was just like a regular dude but i would have been like yeah he's hot my mom fell in love with him it could be that i don't know if this is a universe that like dwells on those sorts of things you know that's interesting because like, yeah. i think this is like um sort of because i one day we need to deep dive on that interview with noel stevenson and um uh, and um rebecca sugar uh but they both kind of talk about like writing worlds where like talking about things like body positivity uh, or um bigotry or homophobia things like that those are important stories to tell but sometimes as a, when you're making like a world that's yours you just don't want all those things that make you feel bad in it mm -hmm. yeah and i'm wondering yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. wondering if the same thing because like i don't i don't think homophobia ex well it actually no i don't think homophobia exists in this world i think classism does um oh, yeah, right. definitely. <laughs> but i don't think like homophobia or like fat shaming or anything like that because like no one ever makes any sort of comments like that in Steven universe. And I think it's probably dictation from Rebecca sugar being like, I don't want kids to ever watch this and think that there's something wrong with them. 
Uh, yeah. 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 That makes sense. That's good. Yeah. Uh, but also probably also Greg. Because <laughs> that is, again, like like you were saying, like that's Steven's like main idea of like, oh, this is obviously what I'm going to look like when I grow up. Duh, you right. know. Um, and I'm going to be a hunk. I'm going to play guitar and be a yeah, hunk. Yeah, I'm going to be bag cool all shit. the space chicks. Yeah. Because Steven thinks Greg is cool as shit. Greg is cool as shit. I would is. love to be friends with Greg. <laughs> um, the Jim's reacting to, like, rapidly dying Steven is heartbreaking. <sighs> this is the saddest shit ever. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, Pearl just like weeping in the background and just like too sad to function. Uh, Garnet obviously having like a quiet panic attack. Uh, right. Again, yeah, I think. I'm oh, going. Sorry. Um, I think a couple of things that are really telling is the way that Garnet's first reaction, and she literally states this. I thought violence would violence. be the answer. <laughs> Yeah. Just I'm like, gonna shake the old out of him. Yeah. But just, you know, we've we have so far she has been painted as like she's cool, she's collected, she's unflappable, and you know, she's the leader. Um and yet her first instinct is to try to, you know, shake the old out of him. Well, like, that's how the gym the, the gym solve all their problems with violence. So far that we know, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they just punch things until the problem goes away for the most part. Yeah, they, they fist the monster to yeah. death. <laughs> In <Yeah>. the butthole. <laughs> uh, the, um, I think it's, coming to OnlyFans 2021. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but as always, I'm keenly interested in all of the ways that Amethyst is not particularly precious about her form. Um, you know, just because it's like, well, whatever could possibly make Steven happy, I'll try to be that. And if that happens to be a silly little, uh, toy car or a pinata, you know, it is what it is. I, I find it interesting that in this, well, like Garnet's obviously having like a panic attack and Pearl can't function because she's too sad, which is fair. I'm not saying that that is a bad reaction from either one of them. It's an actually, it's a really normal reaction from somebody you you really care about being effectively like very injured, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But like Amethyst is the only one who's really got her fucking shit together. <laughs> she's like, everybody, all right, this is what we're doing. We got to save Steven. Everybody, come on, fuck. Yeah, well, I mean, she's also the closest to quote unquote human of the gems. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. And she's got a much better handling on, like, how human emotions work. Um, I also wrote down, this is how the aging process works in the United States in 2020 now. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, God. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Bringing it straight to reality. Gut punch right there. Uh, I also like Amethyst's uh, every Facebook advice about depression of just like stop being old. <laughs> like, yeah. have you tried just not? <laughs> right. She's like, she's like three seconds away from being like meditate and keep a gratitude journal. <laughs> have you tried yoga? <laughs> oh my god! Maybe you should There's cut free videos on YouTube. <laughs> the worst part is I am actually starting to do yoga. So 
this this is me to the probably like three listeners of uh, Gay Space Rocks. <laughs> if I ever turn into a Karen, you're legally obligated to take me out. <laughs> <laughs> Pull the trigger, Piglet. Uh, but yeah, this... I love how this episode just wraps around, like, as, as the audience is, is shortly sitting at home, wide, wide-eyed, mouth agape at the horror they've just seen, they end on, like, funny leg joke, star wipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Just the, just the, the level of confidence in your storytelling to be like, ha funny joke. Uh, right. At the end of yeah. it, oh my god. Well, I, I think, too, and I don't know if this is their intention, but I think a lot of that is effective in terms of, like, sort of building emotional resiliency. Do you know what I mean? Like, you see this horrific thing, but then it's solved. So as soon as it's solved, you can just move on. And that's, like, a skill that, like, young kids don't get and that we as adults don't always have. And, like, the the show is often being, like, this horrific thing happened and we solved it. So now we're okay. Everything's fine now. And that's, like, a cool thing to teach young people. That's a really interesting point. I didn't actually... That did not uh, hit me, probably because I'm still, like, too, con- like, the it's existential crisis is hit- hitting me too hard. And so, <laughs> Steven Universe is making me spiral into my own existential horror. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's, like, a, that, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Especially, like, moving forward as the stakes in the series sort of escalate and problems aren't solved at the end of the episode. Cause, right, absolutely, and that the, the the ending of those episodes has changed, and then and then I think, and I don't I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. too many things, but I think that lesson of emotional resiliency gets sort of like reinforced in Steven Universe future. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Of letting go of the like when things are solved, like letting go of the like it's solved, let it go. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to move on absolutely. from what's happened. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> Any other uh, remarks about so many birthdays? Okay, we're going to move on to the next episode. Uh, let me click the thing that lets me go to the next episode. Uh, okay, uh, we're going to move on to Lars and the Cool Kids. Um, the official synopsis. Uh, Steven and Lars get to hang out with the cool kids in town, Buck, Ginny, and Sour Cream, uh, but their teenager shenanigans get them into deadly magical trouble. That's more or less right. That's yeah. yeah. Close. Yeah. 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 Um, plot of the episode. We open with Steven and the Crystal Gems are on a mission to isolate a dangerous, fast-growing moss uh, that is... Uh, just outside of Beach City. The moss is capable of overwhelming and devouring living things uh, that cross its path, apparently. Uh, It's apparently originated from a nearby hill that Rose uh, planted it there uh, hundreds of years ago, and it's now sort of, like, seeped its way into the valley since Rose isn't around to tend to it. Uh, Steven's like, that's cool, I'm gonna go get lunch after they put police tape all around it to keep the humans away. Yeah. Um... When in town, uh, Stephen comes across Lars, who is sort of, like, kind of loitering, uh, just, you know, looking cash. Uh, and Lars really doesn't want Stephen around, uh, more so than usual, <laughs> it would seem like. Uh, Stephen looks inside and sees a bunch of people inside a fish stew pizza. This is where we see we see Kiki, Ginny, uh, Sour Cream, and a Buck. Uh, when they come outside, they, Lars is like, play it cool, play it cool. And they just kind of ignore Lars. Uh, Lars blames this upon Steven. Steven's like, oh, uh, that's fine. I'll go tell them to look at you. And Steven walks up and immediately <laughs> makes friends with them because that's what he does. Um, 
The cool kids invite Lars and Steven out on a drive with them. Uh, while they are out, uh, the we get a look at kind of like what the cool kids are into, what kind of stuff that they do. Uh, Lars does his best to try and ingratiate himself with the cool kids, though he is more or less just trying to pretend to be something he thinks they'll like as opposed to just being himself. Uh, they head up to old man, no wait, dead man's mouth? Dead man's grin? Dead, uh, I almost wanted to say old man's chin, but that is entirely the wrong franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't write it down and it's not here. So dead. Yeah, it's, it's like dead man's maw or something like yeah, that. It's Maybe dead it man's does have to do mouth thing. Mouth chin. Dead man's area. mouth. <laughs> mouth area. Under the plot synopsis, it says location, dead man's yeah. mouth. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. This happens to be where the moss is located. Steven cannot keep the cool kids from going and jumping into the moss lake, though he does. Uh, and neither can the police. Yeah, tape. neither can the police <laughs> tape. Yo, fuck the cops. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the moss begins to consume the cool kids. Uh, Steven and Lars have a bit of a spat where Lars says some very mean things to Steven. We'll get into it in a minute. Um and Steven come, uh, rallies, sticks up for himself, uh, gets Lars to help him get the cool kids into the car. They head for the hill because Steven deduces that's where the moss wants to be. Um, the moss does gradually overtake the car, Steven and Lars, as they drag the cool kids to the hill. Uh, slowly, it covers their faces, uh, but luckily the sun comes out. The moss blooms into, like, cool little, like, flowers, uh, and the cool kids... Uh, basically accept Lars and Steven kind of into their group. Uh, Lars and Steven. Uh, it says Lars accepts Steven's offer for a high five in this synopsis. And that's not what happens. Lars touches Steven's chest and then Steven touches Lars' chest's back. Uh, and it's pretty sweet. Uh, the end. Yeah. Um, note one, Garnet always willing to eat her family. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is the most consistent character trait that Garnet has in this series so far. We'll throw a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, if your body was an illusion, I would want to throw my friends too. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. It's true. Um, yeah. The, I like the explanation of the, the, I, I, I like this sort of world building. We actually had a question in our Discord server. Uh, about this episode and kind of like at the very beginning here. It was from, I believe, Fila, but let me take a look here real quick. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it was Fila. Yeah, of, of course, Rose war criminal courts would grow flesh-eating moss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, uh, hey, Rose, why did you put the death moss uh, like 10 feet away from Beach City? I think in Rose's defense, I don't think Beach City was there when she planted the moss. From the way that uh, Pearl was talking, <laughs> that boss had been there for, like, hundreds of years. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so... Well, it, yeah, there's there's horrifying death traps all over this yeah, world. it's true. Too. I'm sure... And they and human cities still pop up. <laughs> exactly. Um, frankly, it's Be Beach City's fault for building near the death moss. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The... Uh, but I like the explanation. Like, it, it, give, it, it leans into that, like... The world building the Steven Universe has been doing good of just like, here's this thing. We don't have to go into detail about why it exists. It's just a thing that Rose made. It's here. 
moving on. Rose likes plants. Uh, right. And we'll kind of, you know, it's a character trait of Rose's that we're going to come back to and starts kind of planting the idea of Stephen's idealization of Rose Quartz, I feel like. Right. Like, she sees beauty in everything. She loved the humans. She loved these crazy plants. Yeah. She took care of all these things. And, yeah, absolutely. That's really important. Yeah, it's building the myth of Rose the caregiver. Yeah. Um, the, what, my other, my next note is, what the fuck is this summoning dance? <laughs> yeah. I, I love how Steven seems to live for, for Pearl being a drama queen. It's true. And also, is it, what a funny, I, I think it's really funny too, that like we see her about to summon something and Steven goes, ah, oh, this is what I get up for in the mornings. And then she just summons human police tape and it's like we don't need to do anything magical but like steven really wanted magic to happen you know just like he really wanted them to be a giant woman like he he lives for that but she just summons something mundane and also that she doesn't understand very well yeah well i mean that goes back to her not really understanding humans that well because if she did understand them she'd know that yeah no that's just gonna want to make some of them go closer even more and and the, all, the rest of the gyms take it very seriously, too. Like, Garnet and Amethyst and her putting the police tape around it, it's very, it's, like, almost an action sequence of them, like, ca- like putting police tape casually around these rocks, which I think is very funny about how seriously the three of them perceive the human police in the human's mind. Um, I also have a note here uh, in regards to that when Garnet's like, don't hold back, and, and uh, Amethyst is like, I never do. I'm like, that's a liar. Why are you lying? <laughs> why you lying why you always lying <laughs> you <laughs> i have watched this show i know you don't talk about your emotions amethyst <laughs> um that's fucking funny i also have here uh, pearl confirmed cop question mark <laughs> oh no no pearl she's the most likely to I be don't... a cop out of the three crystal gems yeah. Listen, she. It, what what do we learn about her? She she loves police tape, and she also loves toilet paper. She is a cop in the coronavirus pandemic, and it's a horrible thing to find out. Though I mean, I, in in Pearl's defense, she did fight uh, a war against like a fascistic di- dictatorship. So you know, maybe she's just getting getting uh, more conservative if her in her thousands of years of age. And they they always say you get more conservative as you age. I don't know how Bernie Sanders came to be, but you know. <laughs> Um, the, uh, so I guess like moving on with Steven going into town, what I find very interesting is like the way Lars is trying to get the attention of the cool kids is very similar to how Steven was initially trying to get Connie's attention mm-hmm. in Bubble Buddies. And I'm like, ah, Steven, I knew it. I knew Steven learned this shit from Lars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But do you think also, do you think because of the way Steven reacts to Lars's attention getting grabs that he's learned his lesson about that? He's like, no, this doesn't work. That's not how you talk to people. Maybe. It could be. Because like, or maybe he, I don't know if maybe he recognizes that that's what Lars is trying to do. Hmm, that makes sense. I think on one hand, he doesn't realize what Lars is trying to do. And then when Lars is like, no, no, no. Like when the cool kids eventually show up. Steven has an internalized lesson of just going to talk to people. Like, right. just leaning in, being himself, you know? Because this is obviously, right, like, right, the lesson right. of this episode is, like, being yourself, you know? Uh, especially when it comes right. to Lars's interaction with the cool kids. Yeah, and, and when we get to the end, it's, it's nice, too, that when we get to the end, we, like, see Steven being himself pay off because I feel like 
so many birthdays was an experience of him trying to be himself and it not going well. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, also, I like, I really like how nice all the cool kids are to Steven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's very refreshing to not have the older kids be antagonists and have them be, like, you know, they're still clearly supposed to be teenagers, mm-hmm. but they're not jerkwads about it. Yeah, they're like, look at this funny little guy. He seems nice. You know, they all, they, the yeah. little kid offers them a high five and then they high five him back because that's what you do. <laughs> it's so sweet. It's so nice to watch. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't, I don't have notes of every little running gag that goes through with the, the cool kids. Uh, I actually, I do have a couple of notes because okay. a couple of things stuck out to me. Um, so when they get in the car, they, uh, they turn the radio on. Uh, and it's on 88.5. Does that imply that there's a college somewhere nearby broadcasting all of the weird shit that Sour Cream likes to listen to? Oh. That, is a, that is about where it would be, huh? Yeah, because like yeah. in in uh, Atlanta, 88.5 used to be the Georgia State radio station, but it got usurped by NPR, but whatever. Yeah, the one for yeah. UT here is like 90.3. And we have 88.9, which is W-E-K-U, which is like an NPR station, but it broadcasts from Eastern Kentucky University. Oh, interesting. Our, our st- UT's does the yeah. same thing, because uh, 91.9 uh, W-U-T-K, or no, sorry, uh, W-U-O-P, uh, like, it's NPR, but it, it's also out of, like, the University of Tennessee. Like, that's where their broadcasting yeah. station is. It's not the same as the college radio station. The college radio station is much smaller and under a parking garage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that's that's interesting. That I wonder how I wonder how many UP, NPR stations are like that, where they're paired up with like a public university. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense, and they also do like uh, specific programming for our area mm-hmm. through that. So there's like nationally syndicated NPR shows, and then also like this is like. For Eastern Kentucky. Oh, nice. Ours is like, yeah. m- like ninety nine percent classical music because probably it's cheap. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's jazz at night, and then the news news at the like new like morning, lunch, and evening news. But the the it's weird. The streaming one that they do has like all the good shit. I don't know. I guess it's maybe cheaper for them to license it for the streaming side. I don't know. Yeah, streaming is incredibly cheap to license. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Which is where all of the jokes about, you know, Beyonce crossed like 12 million plays on Spotify and uh, everybody's like, oh, congrats on your $9, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, <laughs> this has been NPR hour with <laughs> the game Space Rocks. But yeah, the yeah. It, it, I sour creams weird DJing things make me feel seen. Frankly, uh, <laughs> um, I really, I really enjoy like some of the emotional intelligence that the the cool kids have. Like that's definitely not something most teenagers possess, but it's still pretty cool to see like, you know, Sour Cream admits that he's exaggerating about beating all of the games and then uh, Buck uh, talking about like the lack of daddy kisses. Um, Although it was also interesting to me to see Lars's reaction to that, just because it's like, is there supposed to be, am I supposed to be seeing that there's something else going on here with Lars and his aggression? 
interesting because we get um I don't is it this season? I think it's this season. Um the is the new Lars in this season? Hold on a second, let me look at the episode. Oh god damn it. Um do 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 Hmm. I guess it's next season. Has to be next season. Um there's an episode, there's like a weird body swap episode with Lars and Steven. Hmm. Um, I think it's called The New Lars, and we get like a look at like Lars's home life. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that could be, it could be something. Uh, there could be something. I don't remember that episode that well. <laughs> I just remember that it exists, to be perfectly frank. Um, but... Yeah, I had a, kind of the similar note. I, like, all the, like, little running gags are very interesting, and I think they get across that point of, like, if Lars was just being himself the cool kid, the cool, cool kids don't care what shit he does. They're just, mm-hmm. like, having conversations and hanging out and just, like, vibing, right? And, uh, but also, like, it, it's doing the thing that Steven Universe is is best at. Like, it's very, like, Steven Universe is very good at your world building, but what it's great at is like building deep characters off of uh, subverting like tropes and ideas because like in the 11 minutes of this episode they build some really deep characters in the cool kids and you're like you understand who they are you get their motivations like you get a look into the in- their interiority like mm-hmm. really like boom yeah because obviously like the cool kids are coming back there are no npcs in the world of steven universe <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Everybody gets a spotlight episode. <laughs> um but yeah, it's it, it's it's really good to see like that char- like their their character building skills just like going full force on these like three just rando teenagers basically. Um yeah, I th- I think it's really I think it's really humanizing that like that is often how like like Lars's perception of the cool kids is often, like, how we perceive people that we look up to in our lives, but, like, then watching them actually interact is, like, oh, right, everyone's just a normal fucking human, and that's, like, a really great lesson to, like, teach, but they don't beat you over the head with it. It's just, like, happens to exist within the scope of this episode. Right, and will be the, like, will be the ongoing themes of a lot of Steven Universe's underneath like sort of the projection of what you think people are or what people present their themselves to be they're just everybody's just people and they all get their shit to deal with right which is really interesting when you have a conceit about the aliens living on earth having light projected bodies do you yeah. know what i mean like that's like layered there as oh, well yeah mm-hmm. um uh sour cream says a cab uh <laughs> 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 uh <laughs> Bless you, sour cream. <laughs> it's, I like it. I knew you were my favorite chip flavor. <laughs> when sour cream zips off his 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 fucking jinkos, I'm like, oh god, I'm having like flashbacks to the early 2000s, like it's Vietnam. Pants like, are shorts. <laughs> like, oh god, oh god, I owned these pants. Oh shit. <laughs> um, the uh. Steven trying to stop them, it, that's all well and good. Let's get to the part where uh, Lars is a piece of shit. Fuck you, Lars. <laughs> He's so mean. He's so fucking but mean. But it's all... 
it's it's all his like own internal shame. Like that we see that the whole episode is that like he's projecting all of his own bullshit onto everyone else, onto the cool kids, onto Steven. Mm-hmm. Um, hurt my my boyfriend loves to say hurt people hurt people. Like people who are hurt hurt other people, and that's what Lars. Oh, is doing. we're gonna take that forward as we further ex- explore. Uh, that I feel like we can retroactively apply that to like Amethyst and Pearl. Oh, a hundred percent, and to to everyone in this whole fucking show. It's true. But yeah, it was just like yeah, we all. <laughs> I was so mad when he like said that to Stephen. Like, son of a bitch, you son of a bitch! How dare you hurt my perfect boy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not our precious cinnamon roll. And just how like fucking, I, I just like they do such a good job of just showing like how fucking devastated is Stephen is just by that comment. Like, oof, Lord, show yeah. loves to hit you just like right in the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that Steven stands up for himself, though. Yes. Like, he comes back, he's like, hey, listen, stop being a jerk. Get those fuckers in the car. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he's not mean about it. He's not lashing mm-hmm. out. He's, I mean, obviously he's heated about it. Yeah. But, you know, he's not, like. Returning name calling or saying rude things about Lars's life. Yeah. Yeah. He's just calling Lars out yeah. for, on his bullshit, like which is which yeah right. a, a good and measured way to respond to that sort of thing. Right, it's like actual assertiveness. It's not like being a dick. It's like being actually assertive, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a great skill for an eleven-year-old. Good That's for right. you, Stephen. Holy crap! Um, I think Stephen's twelve now, because like. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't. Re- I can't remember. Oh. I know next season Stephen will turn 13. So I think, and I know he starts off as 11 at the series. In some point, at some point during this season, Stephen turns 12. Um, we we just didn't get that expressed in an yeah. episode. That's funny. Um, the uh, I'm glad that this show uh, continues to just like present you with like just the most horrifying imagery right before resolving it <laughs> yeah right also i i have written here in all caps that's not how stick shifts work rebecca <laughs> i feel like that's heavily implied that steven has no idea what he's doing <laughs> but they 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 manage it it's like it's not like with the with the meat beat mania thing where he's like i'm gonna do this and then he doesn't he's just like yeah we're gonna do this and then they do even though that is not how that works well let me let me pause it in our universe let me pause it this steven does play a lot of video games so he might drive a lot of the driving things and he might have he has played road killer a lot no, he would require Lars's cooperation because he would need Lars oh, to yeah, disengage to clutch, and re-engage yeah. the clutch. Like, I I have driven almost exclusively stick shift vehicles my entire driving career since I was 16. Like, he would need Lars to clutch for him. That's true, he him. would need Lars to clutch for him. I feel like they just destroyed the transmission. <laughs> the well, okay, so, so here's the thing. You can... Uh, you can, in most modern to semi-modern uh, manual transmission vehicles, you can usually uh, pull uh, pull it in uh, out of gear and then force it into a higher gear while you're uh-huh. while you're at speed. But if they ever needed to downshift, they'd be fucked. They'd destroy the transmission and they wouldn't be able to go any further. 
So right. it's just like, it's it's one of those things where I'm so used to like, you know, I take my car to a mechanic or something. I have to make sure to ask them if they know how to operate a stick shift. So it's one of those things I pay attention to in my media. And it's just, Rebecca, that's not how this works. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad this is I'm glad this is the thing that breaks your immersion. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I can I can I can accept meat eating moss and I can accept magical space gems, but I cannot accept the fact that an eleven year old and a teenager somehow tandem managed to drive a stick shift vehicle without knowing how to clutch. Well, Steven <laughs> is very strong. Maybe he just sh- like just fucking push to the you know i don't think we're supposed to think i don't think anyone who works on uh steven universe knows how to drive stick shift is my theory (laughs) sorry universe. these commie young animators don't know how to drive a real car grumble grumble uh lars's last words of this sucks i'm like i'm gonna put that on my fucking tombstone (laughs) Yeah, that was very good. Uh, yeah, the the end was very touching. I'm glad, like, Steven sort of, like, like okay, Lars, you know what? We were both heated. I forgive you. Like, Steven being the ultimate forgiveness machine. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was very cute. And, and still being willing to talk Lars up. Mm-hmm. Knowing that this was, this was an important thing for Lars and realizing that, uh... Good kid. Good kid, Steven Universe. Steven Quartz Cutie mm-hmm. Pie Universe. DeMeo. Uh, you're a good guy and you're gonna get hurt because of so it. much. So goddamn much. Um, <laughs> okay. Anything else about Lars and the Cool Kids? Uh, I didn't realize this uh, until I watched through it a second time. But the reason why Lars touches uh, Steven on the titty is because Lars refused the high five and Steven just slapped him in the chest earlier. And I thought that was really cute. Yeah, it was very cute. Just call back. Um, which is basically how I think like most 11 to 12 year olds would react to you. Like not like I know that I know that like Shannon's kid would do that to me. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if I was like, if I was like, nah, and he would just like boot me in the chest. Um, though I always high five Daniel back. Uh, cause I'm not a fucking yeah, because monster. because you're not a yeah. monster. Oh, here we go. We finally got, <laughs> all right. Official synopsises are back on their bullshit. Good, good. Oh boy. Episode 15, Onion Trade. A, troy- a toy trade between Steven and Onion escalates to epic proportions. The end. <laughs> uh. I knew we'd get back to it. Oh, boy. Uh, Steven finds Amethyst outside and tells her that he lost one of his guys, basically a little action figure fella, a little gachapon dude. Uh, After hearing this, Pearl tells Steven that he should probably clean up his room. Uh, Then she opens a window and a seagull flies out. Uh, Amethyst stands up to Steven, uh, telling her that, like, hey, my room's just as messy. Uh, and I can still find things. And Pearl's like, well, then go find my axe that you took. And, per- and you know, Amethyst grumbles and Stephen kind of heads off to go talk to his dad. Uh, he finds Greg at the uh, car wash. He's he's kind of down in the dumps about losing his guy. It's a ranger guy, uh, particularly of the set of guys. Stephen goes through and tells us all about the guys earlier. Uh, 
Greg is like, oh, well, what what is this guy thing? I don't know what you're talking about. And Steven sort of explains that it was a toy that Greg bought him uh, last year when they were um, last summer, I guess. It was just like a random day. They just like a nice day that they had together. And and at the end of it, Greg had gotten him Ranger Guy. And it's a particular Ranger Guy. It's got like a little different colored hat than the normal ones. Uh, Greg's like, well, uh, oh, I remember that day. We had that really good funnel cake. I saved the plate because I guess I'm a hoarder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, while digging through his van, uh, he kind of forgets, and at, Steven sort of explains the situation to him. And Greg, to cheer Steven up, just gives him a big bag of quarters, which I can get, which makes sense that he has because he runs a, a car wash, and I bet you it's just like all the quarters from the vacuum or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Steven goes to the vending machine that distributes the guys, uh, spends all of the money, but he only gets. Dave guy, Dave, Dave guy. guy, uh, as he is, uh, just pumping the machine, he gets only Dave guys. Uh, then the machine runs out of guys, uh, onion pops out of, uh, an adjacent machine holding a bag of chips that I guess he stole from inside the machine. Uh, <laughs> and which was set up in the arcade mini episode. Uh, he wanders out and Steven notices that Onion has a ranger guy in his back pocket. Uh, we go, uh, Steven follows Onion. We go through Onion's day where Onion trades, does he trade the chips? The chips just disappear. Onion goes to a briefcase store and then somehow acquire, acquires a grown man's lunch. I imagine he just spoke whatever deep eldritch language that Onion speaks and the man was so horrified he gave Onion whatever he wanted. Uh, <laughs> I I really think that Onion may have had like some dirt on that. It's dude. true. Onion knows things. He read that man's mind and pulled up his deepest, darkest secret and threatened to threatened to reveal it to the world until that man gave him his lunch. Uh, and then he goes to the docks <laughs> uh, and he waits for his dad to show up. His dad's named Yellowtail. Uh, I don't think it's ever mentioned in the episode, but he he does get named later. Uh, Yellowtail gives Onion like a hug after Onion threw the lunch into the ocean. I imagine to like feed seagulls or fish or whatever or something like that. I thought he was summoning his father. That may just be the summoning ritual for Yellowtail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Stephen realizes that Onion's probably lonely because he waits for his dad a lot at the docks. Uh, Steven approaches Onion, offers to trade him a Dave guy for Ranger guy. Steve, or Onion's like, no, no, no give me some more. Um, Steven offers him two guy, two Dave guys, then four Dave guys. Basically escalates till he offers all 30 of the Dave guys that uh, Steven has. And Onion's still like, nah, bruh, I don't want that shit. Um, so Steven goes back to the house dejected. He finds Amethyst there again in the same position. Uh Steven laments that he doesn't have enough Dave guys to trade for the Ranger guy. And Amethyst offers him uh, the replicator wand. Uh, It is a wand that replicates things. It's pretty straightforward. Um, (laughs) uh, Amethyst apparently stole it from Pearl's room. Uh, She gives it to Steven like with the words, uh, you're magical. It's magical. You'll figure it out. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Steven goes to Onion uh, and replicates a couple of Dave guys, but Onion's like, no, 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 no. I want that replicator wand. Uh, Steven thinks about this decision hard and long and decides to trade this powerful magical object, uh, for Dave, or for Ranger Guy. Um, 
it goes horribly wrong uh, because Onion starts replicating Dave guys at an alarming rate to the point that the town becomes covered in Dave guys and a tidal wave of Dave guys floods the beach. Uh, the gym show up because uh, Dave guys have flooded the beach. And Steven's like, I gave Onion the replicator wand. And Pearl is like, why the fuck did you do that? He's like, because I wanted Ranger guy. And Pearl's like, why didn't you just replicate Ranger guy? <laughs> And Steven's like, well, shit. Uh, so they go and they confront Onion. Onion starts shooting Dave guys. And when that doesn't work, uh, replicates a car and starts shooting uh, cars at the Crystal Gems. Uh, Steven wrestles Onion for the wand um, and realizes, uh, tries to offer Onion Ranger guy back in exchange for the wand, only to realize that the Ranger guy is, in fact, his Ranger guy that he lost earlier in the episode. Um he gets mad at Onion about it, uh, takes the wand from him. Uh, Garnet destroys the wand. All of the replicated things go away. Uh, in the end, Steven gives Ranger Guy back to Onion, realizing that Onion was probably just bored, uh, waiting for his dad all day, um, and then falsely implies that Onion wanted Ranger Guy because of the connection that Ranger Guy represents between Steven and his own father, and Onion's like, no, no, I just wanted the toy. Uh... And at at the end, Greg congratulates Stephen on making this sort of like very mature move. Um, the end. Uh, this is a pretty fun little episode. It's not quite as like meaty as other ones. Uh, we do get a uh, yeah. It seems yeah. It's yeah. Um, I do have it here. Like this feels like a lot of this feels like the most like like just straight up just a kid going through his day that Steven has felt like, uh, in a little while. Mm -hmm. Like this is very, like Steven's very concerned about a toy. Um, it's, but you know, he's, he's not really concerned about a toy. It's, he's really concerned about like what that represents to him. And I don't think it comes through, uh, early on. Like they, they really build, like Steven has put a lot of emphasis on this toy, but not necessarily isn't admitting to himself why he really wants this toy back necessarily. Um, right, right. Uh, yeah, we don't get that until the end when he's like, but now we have new memories, horrible, horrible memories. memories. Yeah. Uh, another, another theme of Steven universe. Um, yeah. right. that's called trauma bonding. Yes. Uh, my next note after this is the most like a kid Steven has been in my next note is yo fuck Dave guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, why does Greg automatically jump to uh, Steven losing his innocence? I don't know. I mean, I probably because he's oh, like, oh, no, did the gyms tell you about the horrible war shit? <laughs> That's funny because I thought that was another I thought that was another like Whacker Man meat beat mania joke. Like I've lost something. Oh, no, your innocence. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I think it might be some something like it's probably just something like that where they're they're trying to just tell a little joke that like will go over the rest of the kid like the kids act the kid kids actually watching the show's head. It's like mm -hmm. pointing right. more at like adults teenagers. Um, the I'm glad that we're finally starting to like delve deep into like the Eldritch Horror that is Onion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they never imply that onion is human <laughs> ever <Never. laughs> like uh yellowtail also maybe not human 
Right. I've never thought that Yellowtail was human. I've, I've, I feel like Onion is like a strange parallel for Steven in that we learn later on about Steven's parentage and like one of them is human and like we don't really know about Yellowtail. Yeah, you know true. What I mean? Yeah, because like Onion has like a totally normal human mom. Um, right. And then the Swedish chef of the sea me, who me, me. may also be an eldritch he terror is, for a father. He's not the Swedish chef. He's Beaker. Oh, yeah. Because he means, like... Yeah, that's true. Um, he's Beaker of the Sea. <laughs> uh, the uh, Onion is also has an older brother that we've seen already. I do know who Onion's older brother okay, is. Uh, yeah, Sour Cream and Onion <laughs> and Yellowtail. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, just this, like, watching, like, Onion go through his, his ridiculous little day is just so, I, 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 you can see the writers just being like, how weird can we make this character? Let's just go full fucking tilt. I have two primary notes (laughs) about Onion. Uh, Onion wants to watch the world burn, and- yes. In two separate places, I have, in all caps, Onion is a fucking criminal. (laughs) He really is. He's just a little sociopath. I, I love, I don't understand the point of the, the, the ketchup packs and then the motor scooter that bursts into flame. I don't get it. I love it. I love how Onion turns around. He's like, Jotaro. Like. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh yeah, he just he's he's one of those people uh that just enjoys destroying things for the sake of destroying things it seems. This is what happens when you have a distant father but you're not an only child, you've also got an older sibling. So you're just absolutely left alone to your own devices. Yeah, I don't know. I guess schools don't exist in the world of Steven Universe. <laughs> <gasps> That's a good thing. Because Connie goes to, well, we learn much yeah, later. Yeah, Connie goes to school. That Connie does go to college. Yeah, well, Connie goes to school because, so like, like um, in the uh, in the Mirror Gym episode, that's what prompts the Mirror Gym episode, is Connie being like, wait, you don't go to school to, like, Steven. Right, right. So does, does, does Onion go to school, or is he just a delinquent without, without cause? No, no bars can hold Onion. <laughs> no bars, no bars. Onion obviously can more like change his form to to fit whatever need he has. So he would just simply he'll just simply walk out. Like he is the chaotic neutral force of this show. Okay, he's a chaotic evil force. That's what I like. Let's call him. Yeah. Onion is the most evil thing on the show. <laughs> um he ruined that man's life to get that lunch. <laughs> like that's my new head. He kit. did just, just for, for lunch. lunch. Just ruined for lunch. him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's because that man was building model homes in Iraq. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I just, I honestly, I just don't have a whole lot. Like, I think the resolution is cute of Stephen coming to re- like coming, like being like, well, I, you know, I. I get why you wanted this, like, you're bored. Like, realizing somebody else's problem, stepping outside of himself and helping somebody, even though, like, th- that person wasn't necessarily, like, 
like cordial to him, uh, but realizing mm-hmm. like why right. we we yeah. also we also see Stephen, which he does a lot, like project his own feelings onto Onion, but Onion is very like, no, that's yeah. not why. Like when Steven's like, oh, it's about your dad. And Onion's like, no, it's not. I just want yeah, the fucking I'm, toy. I'm um, maybe six years old or something. <laughs> like I'm, I'm somewhere right, between yeah, six I'm, I'm and a million years old. <laughs> right. Uh, um, I thought that the music during the, the climactic scene was pretty fucking choice it real like yeah steve like honestly onion is like the hardest monster they have fought in the show so far <laughs> um i love <laughs> i love onion's escalation of like oh the toys aren't working i guess i'll throw cars at them <laughs> like god yeah <laughs> uh just yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a cute little episode. There's just not a whole lot going on in it outside of introducing right. this running joke. Like the onion will be a continuous joke as the show goes on. Um, right. Yeah. Onion and onion stays like an enigma. Yeah. Really. Like we learn a lot about the people around onion, but do we really learn that much about not really? Like because onion has like a number of showcase episodes and comes back in Steven Universe future and hasn't aged. Yeah, at all. He's still a baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it is really fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. Rebecca Sugar, please make more episodes and tell just us about onion. onion. Spinoff show about Onion. You've got all that HBO so Max curious. money, Cartoon Network. Do it. Right. But the, the spin-off show is about Onion is just, like, an evil campaign. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just about Onion being chaotically destructive through the right, years. Right, just destroy, yeah, with just no rezzing words. the world. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> the, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, th- th- that's it, unless somebody's got more notes about uh, Onion trade. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't, no, I just... Onion is a fucking criminal who wants to watch the world burn. Sure, he's he's he is Dark Knight Joker. Uh, Honestly, more power to him. You know, more power to an example to all cis white guys. <laughs> this is the energy. Like if you're going, right, if you're is, going to be a motherfucker <laughs> who wears your sweater tied around your neck, you've got to do this kind of shit. It's the only way I can respect Big you. Big Ben Shapiro energy. <laughs> That's fucking. Um. So yeah. Um. That, I think that pretty much wraps us up. I don't have an ending segment today. I had to, I didn't do any. Uh, there's no news. Nothing's happening. There's nothing going on with this. Well, show. that's that's not true. The Beach of Palooza uh, post Kickstarter thing is going fairly well. I just got an update like yesterday or today. Oh, nice. I didn't actually end um, up uh, like I didn't end up backing it because you did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but we will see. Hopefully, yeah. at some point, we can be in the same room and play that game. Um, yeah, that would be it nice. Would be. My my brother bought me into that Kickstarter oh, for nice. my birthday, so I'm really excited for it to come out. Yeah. There's also in in the drag oh. world. Um, for for those of you who like drag and Steven Universe, out of Chicago, there's a digital drag show called The Crystal Them's, Ooh. which is Steven Universe themed, um, and they've done uh, I think they've done two. Uh, sort of like episodes of it and I don't know how often it's happening but I know that because of its success they're going to keep doing oh, nice. it for now um, so you can go follow um, Miss Toto on Twitter 
or um, I think uh, Lucy Stuhl has been a part of it, and maybe um, Ramona Slick, uh, I think, is one of the hosts of it. And they do a show, I, it might be monthly now, called The Crystal Thames, which is Steven Universe-themed, and oh, it's nice. amazing. Are, it's there, so are cool. there VODs yeah. available for it, or...? Uh, that is a question that I do not okay. know the answer to. Um, I'm sure I, I can, I'll, I'm going to look it up whatever, as soon as we get off. So, seek it yeah. out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll probably tweet about that. Uh, yeah. With like four followers that the <laughs> Twitter account. <laughs> I'll, I'll tweet, I'll tweet it from I'll retweet our, yeah. it. I'll, retweet I'll tweet it. it from our normal account. Then I'll retweet it with my bigger account. <laughs> um, I love that. The, but yeah, that, that sounds really cool. Um, yeah, that's great. The what was I gonna say? There, there was. Oh, uh, at some point I'm gonna need to play these. These save the light. They actually just released like new DLC for the uh, the one one of the the most recent. I hear they're really yeah, good. Uh, they're fun little turn based ones. I'll have to like if we stream it. I'll have to figure out how to play the Android one on my PC or put a Chromecast into a thing uh, or something like that. You can. Um you can there are a bunch of different ways that you can cast it to your computer you can run an android emulator that's completely legit and legal okay um yeah because i think the little game is either free or it's cheap i don't care like you know yeah i think it was like five bucks when i bought it i played like the first couple of levels and then forgot it existed on my phone the other ones i know are available just on pc because they were full release games so um maybe we'll play that at some point Maybe we'll, at some point when we start a, a Patreon for this show, in addition to our other hmm. Patreons. Yes! Monetization! <laughs> well, it'll just be weird, because it'll be our, collectively, our third Patreon, so. Uh, maybe we'll just do something different. I don't know, but, um... That's how we feed ourselves nowadays. That's how we feed ourselves. Um, but yeah, the... This episode is gonna come out, uh, go to our, our, our uh, podcast guilds, uh, twitch page uh slash youtube channel uh when you hear this because the vod's for the stream that we will have just done will be up Uh, (laughs) so we're doing that this weekend but this episode will come out uh after they come out or after we do that stream so but uh go back take a look the the link should be that will be available will still be active we're raising money for rose hips uh medics uh in portland uh they're street medics that support the protests there uh Shit's real fucked in the world <laughs> right now when it comes to yep. uh, civil liberties, especially in the United States. Um, Jesus, so much so, uh, especially this week, shit has really exploded. Um, so things like street medics are extremely important uh, to these causes because they, they are able to keep the boots that are on the ground moving. Uh, so we'll be raising money for that. Uh, we'll be playing a bunch of games. So go back, watch the VODs. Send uh send some money. Uh that link will probably still be active uh and available on any of the either on our Twitch page or on our YouTube page. Um uh Gilda, do you have anything you wanna pitch? Um hey everybody, please follow me on my social medias at Gilda Wabbit. Um I am about to go back to work. The bars have reopened, so keep fingers crossed for me. We're taking lots of measures to stay socially distant. So if you're in Kentucky and you want a good time, you can reserve a table at Play Dance Bar and you can watch me um Fridays and Saturdays from eight to ten thirty from like twelve <laughs> feet away and I won't touch you and it'll be a good time. Uh, other than that, I'm just taking photos and looking pretty and occasionally making Steven Universe references in my Instagram captions. So it's a good time. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, check out me and 
August's other uh, podcasts. I'm on The Room Where It Happened. August. I'm on uh, Follow the Leader. We're both collectively on Dumb Kids Playing Hero. Uh, and check out the Podcast Guild. It's uh, Standing, St- Standing Stones Podcast Guild. Check us out on Twitter. It's at Stones underscore Standing. Uh, you'll find all of our other links to all of the other stuff, like the YouTube that has all the VODs from the different streams that we've done and the Twitch page and all that there. Um, thank you so much for being a, our, our first guest, Gilda. It was really good. We had so much fun with you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's a joy. I love yeah. this stuff. Awesome. Um, uh, do you, do you want to do the sign off this time, August, or can I this time? You can do it All this right. time. And remember, everybody, be like Cookie Cat and leave your family behind. Peace. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>